and welcome to Let's Talk MedTech, the premier podcast for the medical device and diagnostics industry. My name is Omar Ford, and I'm the managing editor of MDDI. On this episode of Let's Talk MedTech, we're going to be speaking with Dexcom CEO, Kevin Sayer. Kevin is speaking to us during the 81st annual American Diabetes Association Scientific Sessions. He's going to be speaking about some of the studies presented at ADA from Dexcom. He's also going to be speaking about Dexcom CGM and its role in the telehealth boom during the pandemic. And we've also got an update coming from Kevin about the next gen G7 device. This is a highly anticipated CGM. We're gonna get some more details about it. Kevin uh, is sharing that with us. So this is going to be an amazing conversation. Oh, and, and last but not least, we're even gonna talk about that partnership with Nick Jonas. Yes, we are. So um, looking forward to you all hearing this conversation. And without further ado, here's Kevin Sayer, CEO of Dexcom. Well, Kevin, welcome to Let's Talk MedTech. So pleased to have you here today with us. Well, I'm glad to be here and, and glad you're taking the time to talk with us about Dexcom and everything going on here. Sure, sure. Uh, lots of things going on uh, with the 81st Annual ADA Scientific Sessions. Um, I know we've got a lot to talk, talk about, so I'll just dive right on in. But I know our audience is clamoring for some updates on the next gen G7 device. And I was wondering if you could just tease us a little bit or just give us anything that you might have that you can talk about right now. You know, this is something we've been working on for a very long time and spent more money and more time on this next system than anything we've ever done. Uh, with our G7 system, we are literally starting over. The manufacture of G7 is completely different from G6. It's new equipment. It's new techniques, it's automated, it's gonna come in at a lower cost over time than our G6 system does. It'll be the most advanced CGM ever built, can connect to multiple devices at the same time. It's 60% smaller than G6, it's a one-use transmitter. So you wear it, uh, then you throw it away. We've shown some early data on the performance of the system and it is not gonna disappoint. It performed better than G6 in the study uh, that we presented earlier in June. So uh, our, our customers will love that. The warm-up time has decreased from two hours to 30 minutes. You know, many of our users have said to me, the worst part of my month are the, those two hours I spend waiting for one sensor to warm up after another one uh, is done. It's got a one button applicator. Everything is smaller, the insertion device is much smaller, it's easier. Uh, anything anybody loves about G6, they're gonna like better about G7. Sure, sure. Now here's the million dollar question. When can we see this on the market or when do you plan to, when do you expect approval? Well, we've talked about launching, our public statements have been, we've talked about launching in Europe later this year. Uh, and we really haven't announced a specific time frame. With respect to the U.S., we there, there's a large pivotal study required to meet the ICGM standards that the FDA has set. And so that will be a function of when we submit and also when the FDA approve, approves it. We have not submitted G7 yet. We're comfortable that we'll get uh, an approval uh, based on our data, but 
there's a lot of variables in that. That's why we're a little vague on the time frame. The most important thing we can do is is do our submissions properly and also prepare for the scale. So we've got our manufacturing lines up and running and we've built many, many G7s to validate our processes. So once we are approved, we're going to be ready to go. But even when we go, Omar, then we have to go back to the insurance companies and Medicare and everybody else and say, hey, we have a new product. We've got to negotiate a new contract. So we'll be a bit of a rollout. We'll go as quickly as we can. We'll see G7 commercially in Europe before the end of the year, uh, and then a uh, big, big, big rollout after that. Interesting, interesting. Now, I want to, this is a good segue uh, into my next question. Uh, you mentioned the Medicare um, the requirements. Can you talk about any of the upcoming changes to Medicare eligibility requirements for CGMs? Can you maybe give some color, some perspective on that? Yeah, we're thrilled with these changes that have been made. Uh, you know, for a long time, for example, Medicare required four finger six a day documented by somebody to get on our system. When, in fact, ironically, Medicare only paid for three finger six a day. Yeah. Uh, and, and so they've dropped that. They've dropped the four finger six a day. They've also loosened up with respect to if a patient's using inhaled insulin, that they could be on the system if a patient's using a, a non approved pump. They can have CGM, so they have made it possible for more of their insulin-using patients to get access to CGM, which we think is great because the amount of time uh, healthcare providers and patients were spending to come up with this paperwork was—it just wasn't great. So this should enable us to have access. A lot more people have access to the system. We're excited about it. Awesome, awesome. Now. I want to talk a little bit about ADA and the company's uh, performance or presentations there and want to kind of get a feel of anything that you're really excited about. Of course, I know you're excited about everything, but um, uh, well, what, yeah. we can we can start from that big picture uh, piece, uh, the everything. You know, almost any presentation you go to, CGM is mentioned somewhere. And when it comes to CGM, we just get validated more and more every year, the performance of our product, its usability, and the growing body of research and evidence around CGM technology in general, particularly ours and real-time CGM. Uh, one of the studies that's taught, being talked about a lot at ADA is one we've uh, presented. It's called Mobile, and, and basically we looked at a patient group that has type 2 diabetes, is only on one injection a day, and challenged ourselves with the, you know, the question, would these patients benefit from CGM? Because they're not taking a shot every, you know, before every meal or when they go to bed or what have you. So, but somebody just take one shot a day, are they going to do better wearing CGM than not? And the evidence is, is very, very strong. That study shows the type two patients really should have access to that. That's a great piece of data for us. You know, another piece of data for us that's been validating for Dexcom in particular is a study that was done in Belgium uh, where the physician group in that country, very great group, uh, coalition of doctors, took a bunch of users of a competitive product and moved them to Dexcom G6, monitored them for an extended period of time, and literally everything with these patients was better after that six-month period on real-time CGM rather than intermittent scanning CGM, every indicator was stronger. So once again, the technology has been, been validated here, and that uh, information has become available. We do believe 
that this type two uh, market needs to be addressed, that these patients need better information to come up with better healthcare. You know, another thing going on at ADA, a lot of our partners are presenting. Tandem and Insulet are presenting great data on their automated insulin delivery systems. Uh, some was presented previously, other data will be presented throughout the conference, but what we're seeing is a great CGM drives really good outcomes for people when you add an algorithm and automated insulin delivery to this and, and people's lives, I believe, will be changed uh, with these systems. So that continues to advance. Uh, we've pioneered uh, or, or partnered uh, for a global movement in time and range for a long time. The measure for CGM, I mean, for diabetes health has been A1C. We feel very strongly that time and range needs to become the measure. Well, one might ask, what is time and range? Well, if you look at a, a CGM graph, one could call it also between the lines that the, the ADA has said to have good diabetes health, patients need to keep between the numbers of 70 and 180 for as much as they possibly can. And that we believe that's a better indication of diabetes care, the effectiveness of diabetes care and diabetes health. So we've, you know, we kicked that off. Uh, Nick Jonas has talked about that. We have a lot of other professional agencies working with us. Uh, you know, um, a lot of the other charities, ADA, JDRF, all these people want to go to time and range as well because that's a better measure of diabetes health. So that's gaining more traction. It's just been a good show for us all the way around. Sure. One of the discussions that came up uh, during uh, our um, during a press conference at ADA was the role of telehealth in diabetes care. And I know Dexcom has kind of been at the forefront of that, talking about the importance of CGMs. I'm wondering if you could talk about that during the pandemic, just what role um, your technology played uh, um, uh, in diabetes management uh, during this telehealth boom. You know, that is a great question. And one of the best ways I can answer that is through a story one of the doctors uh, told me, and this is a physician I've known for over 20 years, and he treats numerous people with diabetes. He calls me up, he says, Kevin, he said, with this pandemic, you know, I can't get people into my office. I said, yeah, I'm aware of that. And he said, so do you know what I'm doing when somebody's newly diagnosed? I said, no, but I'm anxious to hear. He goes, well, I get him in for a quick half hour session. I put him on a Dexcom and I send him home. And he said, with your system now, rather than train them in the office how to take care of their diabetes, we have a, a call every couple of days and I pull their data up in, in your clarity system. We look at the data and I tell them how they're doing and I tell them what to do. He goes, I can train these people remotely if they have a CGM. <laughs> and I said to him, well, you know, you could have done that before too. <laughs> He goes, yeah, but I I hadn't looked at it this way. And so our patients, our, our customers, with the ability for the data to go straight to the cloud from the phone app, as long as they give the, the physician and the caregiver permission, we, we, we are very strict on the cybersecurity side. They can pull those reports up and you can have a very meaningful telehealth visit uh, with, with your caregiver. And again, I go back to the time and range number. When your caregiver can see the amount of time you spend in the appropriate range, they can then make suggestions and recommendations. If they see you're going too high all the time, they'll tell you to take a little more insulin before your meals. If you're going too low, they'll tell you to take a little less, or it might be an insulin timing question. So things of those nature, of that nature, because of our system, uh, we were a tremendous asset during the health, telehealth uh, 
phase that we just went through. And I don't think it's going away. Uh, I, I think if anything, it's going to, a lot of it's going to continue. I think it'll give uh, patients more access to specialists. It'll enable uh, GPs to have more access to specialists as well uh, within systems. I, I don't think this is going away at all. I think it's going to keep growing and we're very well positioned to, to do better here. Who would you say that the company saw maybe an uptick in the use uh, of your technology? You know what we saw? It, it continued to grow on the, the new user front uh, at a rate we'd experienced before. I think what we saw more than anything was patients were, staying, were adhering more to their CGM. You know, oftentimes patients will take a break from a device. Uh, what we saw is more frequent utilization from our customer base and and fewer fewer customers who got on the system leaving the system. I, so our attrition rates and our usage rates, we think, are both higher than they've ever been. Okay, okay. It, it, it goes, uh, it's like the old saying, you know, you might have a pandemic, but um, disease doesn't stop and diabetes certainly doesn't stop during the pandemic either. You Absolutely know, you, not. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to keep going. You can, you can stop everything, but you can't stop uh, disease and disease management. Um, I want to talk about um, Dexcommon's evolution but uh, with, with CGMs, but I want to frame the conversation um, with, with the competitors and how the landscape has changed over the last few years. Um, you've got a lot of uh, other companies coming out, such as Sensionics with um, Eversense and, and with their technologies. And I'm wondering, from a competitive standpoint, how do you handle uh, competitors that are stepping on the scene? Or is the way to think of it, are, are you all partners in a sense? Or collaborators? Well, well, we are collaborators in one sense. It is all of our mission to gain more access for individuals to CGM technology. Uh, we've come a long way in, in the reimbursement world from, you know, three years ago, the number of Medicaid programs that covered CGM was almost minimal. Now it's over 40 states uh, that cover CGM. We got Medicare approval in 2017, uh, an initiative we largely drove, but the fact is Medicare patients can now get CGM and it's easier. So on one hand, we all drive access and increased uh, increased utilization for CGM technology because in all fairness, we believe it's absolutely essential for the health and safety of this population of patients, those on intensive insulin therapy. Mm -hmm. So we do work together in, in that respect. I would tell you on the competitive front, uh, after that, you know, we are all uh, trying to make the best device for for people to use the one thing about dexcom that has always been the case and will will not change we've always had the best performing system and we're not going to give that title up uh or, or or that will never leave our culture uh, our engineers fixate on performance and and safety for patients and so we've set the bar there and we continue to set the bar there and, and we'll continue to do so we've worked very hard from a competitive uh position a Dexcom to make sure our product is easier to get, uh, moving a lot of our business to the pharmacy channel. You know, I anything that I get for my healthcare, I get at the pharmacy, and we find that to be the case with most of our our customers. But because of insurance and the way it worked in the past, 
there was a DME channel where had to fill out forms, get letters, do all sorts of things. We've moved a lot of our business to the pharmacy channel. And the fact is our, our customers pay less for our product in the pharmacy channel than they do for anybody else's. Uh, and that is a, it's very important to us that we achieve those types of results. And I think as you look at the competitive front, mm-hmm. there's one question I ask my team all the time. And they're really tired of me asking this question, Omar, but I do. I ask them, what problem are you solving? And whenever we want to add a new feature to a system or spend money doing X, Y, and Z, what problem are we trying to solve? So on the competitive front, what problem do these competitors solve? And is there something they can solve that's important that they solve better than, than the way that we do it? And we look at those situations and, and, and try and adapt. We've known we have to improve our access. There's a perception that our product is hard to get, and it's more a perception than a reality. Uh, patients can get access to our technology, but in a competitive world, you look at, at, at stories like that are created and aren't necessarily true, but that's what people hear. Uh, we look at, again, we always look at performance. We look at connectivity because that's what our uh, our customers want. So we look at all those things. I, I think the competition has raised the entire industry, but it's still competition, and we view ourselves certainly as the uh, – as the best product in the space. And ultimately we want to be the most accessible and, and, and get this product on everybody. Sure. Sure. No, sure. I totally understand that. I wanted to maybe make this point and get, and get your thoughts on this. You know, when I think of uh, CGMs, I think of Dexcom and it seems as if you, you have the branding on this, um, you're the pioneer or the, the, the main driver, uh, behind CGMs, and it, it's almost like you're a, a household name. And if you go back 10, 15 years ago, um, that wasn't the, that's not the case for, or that wasn't the case for a lot of medical devices. And I'm wondering, how do you handle this um, popularity? I think I saw um, a press release go out that uh, Dexcom was partnering with Nick Jonas. So, you know, it, it, you're, you're well known. And I'm just wondering how, how does that come into play and how do you handle that? You know, that is a great question because it is a transformation for a medical device company to be more of a consumer company because we typically, our DNA, we don't think of, of consumers. We think of all the science behind it all. And when I first started here 10 years ago, science drove everything that we did. And now what is happening is we have to have great science, but what is driving what we do more than the science are the needs of the customers that, that, that we're meeting or back to my original question, what problem are we solving today? One of the reasons we're partnering is to gain more awareness. You know, on the one hand, you see something like that where we've worked with Nick Jonas and he's a wonderful spokesman and he does help increase awareness for us because the way you gain reimbursement is continually having people ask for the technology saying, hey, how do I get this? Well, to get this, you've got to get your insurance company to pay for it and letters are written and and things happen and, and that's how you move the needle. And so the... The, the consumer perception is very important. The, the backside of that is when we had very few consumers, it was very easy to take care of them all from a, a phone call perspective if something went wrong or they're ordering or pay or whatever. And now with 
with the number of users we have. It, it is a much more complicated task. So as we look at revising our business model going forward, it's how can we do this more efficiently to keep costs down yet continue to create this great experience for consumers? You know, working with Nick has raised awareness significantly for our technology. One of my previous interviews today uh, was with somebody who has type 2 diabetes. And honest to goodness, the person said to me, I had to download all my Dexcom reports and take them to my doctor and show my doctor how to read them. Well, so we still have a lot of work to do as far as everybody being aware. Even if we get access there, there's awareness that we have to create. So it's a combination of both. And we made the decision at Dexcom many years ago. It was one of my earlier decisions as we were looking at creating awareness going forward, rather than bringing in a bunch of medical device people, which we do have medical device people in our marketing group, we decided to go outside. We said, let's go to industries where people have experience in like consumer electronics or just general consumer products. And let's get a different perspective on this than what we've done in the past. I mean, we would stand up at, conferences and show these train wreck pictures of patients who had difficulty because their blood sugar went low and they, I mean, it was gruesome. It was awful. And instead, this is a product that enhances your life. And this has got to be a great experience and one that that people uh, really enjoy. I think another consumer thing we've done that has been extremely effective is we have a Dexcom Warrior program where actual Dexcom users sign up and work with us and share their stories with us. And if we're filling a commercial in, in, in Atlanta, we've got Dexcom warriors in Atlanta who are part of the group that we film with, who use the product and are engaged. And so the messages are very sincere and the messages are very heartfelt. That has been a wonderful thing for us. But if you don't create the awareness, you then can't create the access and the two go together. And that's why we've had to be a little more aggressive uh, on a consumer front, so we can get this technology to everybody. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think name recognition is is so important, and you bring up uh, several valid points. I, I'm wondering, you know, just from a medtech perspective or medical device perspective, is it hard to switch over to that type of thinking, or was it hard for the team to to think like that? Um, to, to switch into that mode, because oftentimes we have a cool technology. It can help the patient. We got to get it into the doctor's hands. But the brand awareness, you know, it, no one really focuses or drives in on that. And I'm wondering, was that an easy transition for you? It's been hard. Uh, it's been very rewarding, but it's been hard. We have always had at least four customers involved in our process. Mm -hmm. We have the individual who wears the system. We have the, the circle of friends or family or whatever your circle is who's involved in your care. For a pediatric patient, for example, it's the parents and the rest of the family members because diabetes becomes a family endeavor. So you've got the person, you've got the caregiver. You then have who's paying for this. So our customers also the reimbursement authority, be it the federal government, the Medicaid programs, private insurance, employers, whoever, and then you have the, the healthcare professionals. And we have to address all four of those. In the early days, our focus was really on healthcare professionals and making them aware of the technology and convincing them that this would work. 
because we had gone from using finger sticks and it took them a long time to adopt finger sticks. Mm. Now we're saying use something else and make sure that you use this, but also creating a way that it doesn't disrupt their practice and what they do each and every day. Then we had to get people to pay for it mm. on top of that. And so you go through each of those marketing initiatives and each of those consumer groups and how do we do best for each of them? And sometimes you'll roll the scale too far on the consumer side mm-hmm. or too far on the family side and care or, you know, and, and you have to balance back out and recheck. And so we're cognizant of all four groups all the time. In the early days, we focused on the science and getting the healthcare professionals to recommend this device. And that was where we spent almost all of our efforts. I would tell you, we try and balance it uh, as, as much as we can now. Mm-hmm. Final question for you. Want to talk about CGMs five to 10 years from now? Where do you see the field? Where do you see the market? Where do you see Dexcom? Just some future outlook. What what do you think will happen on this landscape? Well, we have a long way to go. Uh, Only 50%, less than 50% of people taking intensive insulin therapy are using CGM now. I think the first thing in the landscape I would tell you. I'd reiterate what I said several years ago. I think anybody on intensive insulin therapy needs this. I, I, and so I believe it'll be widely accepted and accessible uh, to these customers. I also believe because of the platform that we're building at Dexcom to whereby we can speak directly with the phone or directly with other devices, we're going to come up with experiences and ways to make this information more meaningful for our customers. There are some customers who want their, their CGM, for example, to talk directly to their Apple Watch. We're not there yet, but G7 has the technology to whereby we'll be able to implement that in the future. There are other customers who want to talk to their insulin pump uh, directly and have automated insulin delivery. We can do that. There are other customers who are going to want less of an experience because the way they want to take care of themselves is different. And I think you'll see us over the next several years on the on the glucose management side, create several different experiences for type one and for type two diabetes. You know, for somebody not on insulin, we believe there's great utility here. And the utility is provided in giving the meaningful feedback to whereby they can take action uh, with respect to exercise or food or making sure they take their medications. So what you'll see Dexcom do is create a number of experiences on this front across a number of medical conditions. I think glucose measurement becomes literally a vital sign for somebody in the hospital, if we can get the product designed properly. You'll see us go into that market. Then we look at other things. What other data do we need to add? What other data do we need to measure? What other data can we take from other sources that you already have? Is there gonna be something measurable on your Samsung watch or your Apple watch that we could incorporate into what we do to give more meaningful information? Uh, And and then are we gonna sense other things? Because we have a wonderful electronics platform We know how to build sensors the way we build them. We look at every technology out there. That's why we started a venture group. So I have people focused on that. If there is a better way to measure glucose and somebody finds it, we sure as heck want to find out about it before before somebody else does. So we look at everything, the non-invasive ones, the other types. We look at it all. We're we're, we're certainly never going to sit here and say we're the only ones who know how to do this because inevitably science changes and somebody will discover something. So I I think you'll see glucose sensors used. 
across the board in healthcare, from the hospital to health and wellness and nutrition, pre-diabetes, type 2 diabetes, and then always in, in insulin delivery. And I think we can create experiences and products that can serve all those markets. We'll do more. Like I said earlier, I've been here 10 years. We'll do more over the next three than we did the first 10. And it's just going to be a great ride. We'll look forward to seeing it. Uh, Kevin, I want to thank you so much for coming on to Let's Talk MedTech. Really appreciate you stopping by. Well, thank you for the time. Have a great week. Uh, Same to you and enjoy ADA. Uh, We always do. Thank you. All right, sounds good. Thanks. Bye-bye.